to the Bible this morning, and uh, we're going to read. Um, we're going to. Uh, I'm going to speak a message this morning called "Broken Pieces." Come on, say that with me. Broken, broken pieces. It's amazing. Uh, I love the Christmas season when it starts, you know. And some people start Christmas way too early. I mean, like it's October, and they have their lights up, and uh, you know. At my house, it started the day before Thanksgiving. Um, kids were excited. It was like, no, you, you realize the holiday tomorrow is not Christmas. It's not Christmas. I, I, how many think the day after Thanksgiving pretty much should be standard, you know? But I was made to put the Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving. That was a new one for me. So, but, but, but the excitement is there. But it, it's a joy when the season is really exciting and a lot of good traditions. Having grown up in a different part of the world, you know, I, I get to enjoy two traditions. But, you know, Jesus is being celebrated all over the world. Now, the traditions may vary how people celebrate it, but, but, the, but this season, whether people recognize it or not, or want to acknowledge it or not, Jesus is being celebrated. Oh, my goodness. I was waiting just about as like, yeah. I was waiting for a more enthusiastic response there. Jesus is getting celebrated. And you know, um, uh, if, uh, and, 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 and the reason for celebration, one of the things that actually drives me, I don't like seeing it. I don't know who started this. I don't know if there was any maliciousness behind it or it was just a fault. You know, when they abbreviate Christmas, Merry Christmas, and they write Merry Xmas. So have you ever seen that? They're like, how many like think, geez, we want to exalt the Christ out of Christmas. We refuse that in Jesus' name. There's no Christmas without Jesus. There's no such thing as Merry Xmas. You know, <laughs> it's Merry Christmas. All right, I'm, ta- I'm preaching good already, and it's all right. And, and, and then the cause for celebration, it's not so much that Jesus came, but why he came. You see, as believers, uh, as we as we're going through the the, uh, the 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 season and the moments and 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 the and the busyness of the season, and sometimes it's not always a great time for people. The holidays sometimes bring out the worst. Like uh, if you people maybe that have lost loved ones, or or people that are broke and there's pressure on the financial side. So sometimes it's not always a joy as we make up to be, but as believers, no matter where you are, we need to always keep the right focus of not just that Jesus came, but that why Jesus came. And when we keep that, then it doesn't matter all the outside things that either make it a perfect holiday or not a perfect holiday season. We can still make it a great celebration that lasts for eternity when we keep that focus. And it will take a lot of weight, a lot of pressure off of you. But more, more importantly, is that we have a, 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 a world that can actually listen to Jesus. We have people going through life, and, and this is a time that they pause. I believe it's one of the times that the church can be most productive in terms of bringing people to Jesus Christ so quiet in this place. I'm hoping by the time I'm done that you'll be fired up to bring people to Jesus because I do believe the harvest is ripe. And even ripe during these holiday seasons, especially where we're celebrating a Christian holiday. So if we start the month of December, it's the third already, so we have 29, 28 days left of this month, and we can believe God to see more people saved in December. 
that we've seen all year round since the beginning of this year. How many have that kind of faith? I believe God can do in a moment, in one day, in 28 days, more than he, that we, 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 we could hope to have accomplished in the last 335 days behind us. I, I'm feeling faith in this house already, and I like it. And I like it. Because faith comes by hearing. Sometimes you have to repeat this and say, God, you know what? I'm going to be praying for my family this December. I'm going to be praying for my friends. I'm going to be praying for my co-workers. I'm going to be believing for a harvest. When I get an opportunity to bring people, some people will come to the Christmas banquet that you will never invite to church and they'll never show up any other time you call them, but they'll come that day. They'll have a great time. They'll love the food. They will love meeting people. But guess what? Jesus is always here when we gather. Because when two or three are gathered in his name, there he is right in the midst of them. And where Jesus is, there is freedom, there is joy, but there is salvation. Because the Bible says that no one says that Jesus is Lord unless through the Spirit of God. I believe where the Spirit of God is, it doesn't matter what we talk about. If you give people an opportunity to come to Jesus, they'll respond. Why? It's not because of what we do. It's because just the presence of God is in this place. Amen? So in, uh, in John chapter 18, Jesus talks, he's brought before Pilate, right before they would crucify him. And, in, uh, and, and, and here's a, just a conversation that uh, Pilate is having with Jesus. And he is, uh, <clears throat> and in that conversation, Jesus outlines his purpose. John chapter 18, I'm going to read verse 36. It says, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, would fight so that I would not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Then are you a king? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. Well, Christmas, what are we celebrating? It's the birth, right? Go tell it on the mountains. I'm just reminding a few of you. Sunday school. That Jesus Christ. Yeah? So for this reason I was born, he says. And for this cause I have come into the world. So we celebrate that he came into the world. But the reason he came into the world is more important by far than the fact that he did come. Thank God he came. Thank God he was obedient even to the cross. The Bible says he despised the shame in Hebrews chapter 12. Endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. What was the joy? The salvation of you and I. To give us a, uh, give us a way uh, to, to be reunited, to be reconciled with God. He says that, so for this reason I came into the world. That I should bear the witness to the truth. And everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Then Pilate said to him, What's the truth? You guys know the truth. Who's the truth? It's Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. So we know a perfect man came, a perfect man died, a perfect man rose again. And I thank God for that, right? Let me take you to one more passage here. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three and through 25. This is uh, Paul reflecting back on what Jesus said around the same time. In fact, the same day. For Paul goes, verse 23, 1 Corinthians 11. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. 
that the Lord Jesus Christ on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the, ma- in the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do, this do, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Now, in those two passages that we read, it kind of, I would say, kind of summarizes, kind of gives us a big picture as to what Christmas is about. I believe that Christmas really is the beginning of Easter. Christmas is the beginning of Easter. When we look at it from that, it's like this is the beginning of Easter. But, but, but the greater purpose is something we walk in it, and we should keep it in front of us. And when we keep it in front of us, we can enjoy the season for what it truly is. And, 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 and that is that Jesus came to save the world. He said, I came to seek that which was lost. How many were lost at one point? And now you say, you know, I found the real meaning and life has, has changed. My life has changed. My perspective has changed. My priorities have changed. I am a different person. And why? Because I got the real meaning of what Christmas is all about. And so uh, that's, that's great. But if I was to tell, ask you truly, that had not, would have never happened in your life had there not been people someplace who are praying for you, who are believing God for you, who are reaching out to you, who are sacrificing for you, you probably turn a few people down coming to going to church or whatever. Or you tune them out when they talked about church because you think, oh, they're talking about religion. I don't know how, what your story is. We all have different paths that lead us to God, but it all involves someone else who prayed and believed God for us. It might even be people that you never met. People that were praying at a church someplace, or a small group someplace, yeah, and they're praying. And you don't know. You don't know this. But the Spirit of God is working inside of you because someone is looking at you not just as a person that walks the earth for a given amount of time, but they're looking at you as a person who has an eternity because when we leave this chapter, another chapter begins, and the definition of the next chapter is defined in the way we live now. And those who do not know the Lord... The Bible says that there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't want to see that for anyone I've come across in my life. And that's, then God doesn't want to see that. In fact, he says this, that it is not the Lord's will that anyone should perish, but all people may come to the knowledge of Christ. Now we read this story and going back to the second Corinthians, it's amazing that God used the brokenness of Jesus to bring us wholeness. You know, if you take something and break it, uh, divide it, let's say you are to get, um, I, I could only think about my kids, oftentimes uh, I have many of them, and uh, so sometimes you'll bring something, maybe a treat, and you find out that you're short one or two. And someone has to share it. And there's some very nice kids that actually would Say, hey, you have it, you know? And there are some that hold it out. They don't share. They don't like to share. Uh, and, and, uh, and <laughs> but when you break it, you end up getting less. You feel like you're getting a rotten deal here because 
And, uh, and sometimes some are very, really, really, hey, if you break it, how many had that list with their kids? If you break it, you're the one that breaks it, then the other one gets to pick. Yeah, so it should always be that way. That should be in the Bible someplace. <clears throat> but when we divide something, you know, we always end up with less. But the, the, because we're dividing it. But God works in a completely different way. When God breaks it, he multiplies it. He doesn't divide, he multiplies. So it says on that night before he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. He broke it into many parts and shared with the twelve. And when he shared that with the twelve, they didn't get a little piece. They got a whole. And when we receive it from God, he gives us a whole and he says, do this in remembrance of me. Of me. What is he saying? Do what you've seen me do. So when you receive it, break it and give it to others. That principle works. It's a spiritual principle you see throughout the scriptures. That's why we give offerings and we give tithe. It's like, God, I went in, I walked my butt off. I, got, I was so busy. I did, I would work harder than anybody else. I made some money. But I was like, when you make the money, you take the first one, you break it. And give it to the Lord. And he says, I will take that which you've broken. What you've put first. And he says, he will got the 90% to go farther than 100% would ever go. Because why? You gave it to the Lord. The little boy who came to Jesus with his uh, five loaves and two fish. And, and, and Jesus asked, for, he wanted to feed a crowd. And, 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 and he took the thing. He did the same thing here he did. He says, on that night that he was betrayed, he took the bread. He broke it. And after he gave thanks... He broke it and said, take it. With the little boy, he took the bread and the fish. He says, after he gave thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples and said, go. Give it to the people. And they went on. So the breaking, the little boy's lunch was not taken away from him. But rather God, when he breaks it, he multiplies it. He does the same thing with our gift of salvation. If you've been born again, there's something inside of you that God has put of himself, Jesus has put of himself, it does not come to fruition. It does not come to the fulfillment of what it is. It, 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 the potential is still there, but it needs to be broken and shared. And when it's broken and shared, it multiplies. Man, I tell you, when it multiplies in God's hand, there is no limit as to where the end might be. Problem is sometimes we keep it to ourselves. Man, I know Jesus is sweet. When I got a real touch of Jesus in my life, my life was changed. My future was transformed. I'm excited. Whenever I get in his presence, he changes my life. I might be tired. I might be going through it. But the moment I get audience, I feel like I'm in his presence. He changes everything. And he does a lot of wonders in my life. And, I, and, 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 and isn't when I just think about it right now, I want to break in joy. I want to break in spontaneous praise when I think about just the joy of knowing Him. We all go through things in life. This life on earth is not a perfect life. You will never have a perfect life here because it is a broken world. And it, we, we, we are pilgrims. And as we go through things in life, I'm always sad when I see people that go through things without Jesus. Because Everybody will go through things in this life. 
But when we have the Lord, even the darkest things, there is a way that we can find hope and draw strength from the Lord and even find meaning in the middle of the most unthinkable things that we go through. We still have that hope in us because we have Christ. His Spirit inside of us speaks to us and confirms to us. And even in trial, God shows you something in the middle of it and says, hey, it is well. It is okay. I'm with you. I remember, I'm going to pick on, on the honor her family a little bit. I remember when Brother Obasi was taken to the hospital. Uh, we, we don't want Brother Obasi to live. I said, I'll never look at this seat right here the same again. I need someone to start sitting here now and help me out. Because I miss his smile sitting there. And I see it. And when it's empty, so someone let the Lord speak to you. I need that feel, seat feel sometime here soon. But even he's in the process, and that week he would go home to be with the Lord. But yet in the middle of all that week, doctor shows up. Doctor shows up, happens to be a believer, happens to be from Nigeria, and spoke some, it's like all these connections, you're like, wow! And he spoke to him in Nigerian. And, and right there the family knows that God orchestrated this. They can't bring that back. But yet they know that God's with them. So those are some of the benefits we have when we are believers. When we know Him. When the Spirit lives in us. We go through things in life just like everybody else. But we don't go through it the same way. We go through it with hope. We go through it with peace. The peace of God that passes knowledge. We go through it and knowing that this isn't the end. That the last chapter hasn't been written yet. Why? Because we know the Lord. Sad thing is, there's a big world around us that does not have that treasure that you and I have. And that's when it says, God, Jesus takes the bread. He says, this is my body. This is me, the body. There are many metaphors that the body of Christ uh, is uh, told in the Bible about the body of Christ. This is the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. The word of God, the Bible is the, is the body of Christ because it's the bread of life. We eat the word and we receive the word. The word brings faith and brings life to us. He says, you take that body, you break it. And as often as you do it, do this. He remembers of me. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't keep the treasure to yourself. Multiply that treasure. And as you do, it actually does things for you. It's always more blessed to give than it is to receive. I found that people grow tremendously spiritually when they are constantly sharing their faith about Jesus. He helps you grow. You think he brings other people to the Lord. Yes, he does, and thank God he does. But guess what? It, does, it helps you grow more than even the person that you brought to the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen. So this season, as he broke it, <clears throat> um, um, we need to think about that. So the bread <clears throat> is his body. The church is what? Now, <clears throat> I remember years ago, now it looks like so, such, a long, uh, such a long time ago, um, but um, in my teenage years, there's a time in my family things were going on that my family was feeling like it's broken, breaking, things are falling apart. Um, parents had no sense of direction, uh, no sense. We're just kind of existing without any purpose. My dad was, um, um, uh, 
involved with alcohol. He had taken his alcohol addiction to just another level. And this went on for about five years uh, in our lives. As teenagers, it was my high school years. And in Kenya, in high school, you pay for, for high school like you pay for college. Uh, my dad will drink the money. And sometimes I'll be not in class for all sorts of things. And fear begins to set in about the future when you start looking at what's going on in your family. And uh, you're a kid and you're, you're getting concerned about life and you're thinking man this thing is messed up i think are you you're looking you have ambition you have dreams but you know that they're shattering right in front of your eyes you can tell and you're concerned and i remember uh this sense of shame and uh, trying to hide uh what was going on because i'm embarrassed inside because i i it feels like uh, we were together the family was there but but things were not looking good it was breaking. It was losing. And it was the toughest, toughest five or so years that would go on. And, uh, and if you could pay me, if, if I could get a way of escape, I would do it really quickly out of your situation, out of that situation. And yet for whatever reason, God allowed it and permitted it to happen. And I remember as, uh, as time went on, because of that, what was going on, I ended up being in places I should not have been. And my life took on a completely different direction than what it would have been if things were not disrupted by the mess that was going on in our lives. But it's in that taking on a new direction that led me to the path of finding Jesus when I was 16 years old and having an awesome relationship with him. And I know without a doubt had things been smooth, went smooth during that critical time in my life, and things had gone way, the way I would have hoped for, and were the way that, that, that should have been um, uh, natural, and that what should have been perfect at that time, I would not be the person that I am today. I would have never met Jesus. I would have probably lived a completely different life off of, of my own. But during those years of hardship and hopelessness and fear about the future, it was in those years that I actually divided my life a little bit. I was involved athletically uh, a lot. I was competing in judo and wrestling nationally. You know, so, so I, I, you know, I was a couple of years going to the Olympics because I was already up there. And, 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 you know, it would have taken a completely different life. And that kind of put a juster on it. It disrupted things a little bit for me in what I had projected in my life. But it's in that path of the Lord I found Jesus. Not just as a religion, but I found the real Jesus. And, I, and, I, and, 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 and my life started looking differently. Now I can look back and think, wow. In the brokenness, in the hopelessness, God was still orchestrating a plan for my life. In fact, I thank God now when I look back. Thank you, God, that that happened in my life. Now you think, at that time, you couldn't pay me to say, thank what? I remember crying, saying, God, why? Why our family, God? Did you forget us? And maybe you are in a situation like that in your life. But I've got to tell you, God uses those broken pieces in our life. He puts them together to make something beautiful come out of it. Never despise the hardships that you see in your life as a believer. In fact, the law says that he forms all, he causes all things. Not only the good things, he causes the hardships, the brokenness in our lives. He causes all things to work together for the good of those who love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose. 
I would never exchange it. If my life was to be reversed, I still would thank God for that season, and I would want that season back in my life. Since crazy, because in retrospect, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But the Lord allows us to see that so that we can appreciate that even when we are going through it, He has never forgotten about us. Oh, that's a good place to say amen, church. Because you might be in the middle of a tough situation where things are broken and all that. And you cannot make sense of anything that's going on. But I'm here to encourage you that if you're a child of God, you're serving Him. You're loving Him. God says that He directs our paths. That the steps of the righteous are ordered of God. He watches over us. Even when we walk through different valleys, we will go through different valleys. I'm not going to tell you everything's going to be all rosy. Because it's not going to be all rosy. But God will use even the unrosy situations in your life and make something beautiful out of your life. Amen? Then he says in the like, in Isaiah, let me just see this real quick. I'm going to read one scripture and move on. Isaiah 53 says that surely, this is Isaiah prophesying 700 years before Christ. He prophesies about Jesus coming. He prophesies about Jesus. He says, surely he, was born, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Even in his brokenness, Christ, he was broken, and God used his brokenness to make us whole. To make us all. I'm excited. We're going to be t- taking communion today, and we can put this into practice. I believe that, we, that there is power... In the word of God. There is power when we can speak and pray the word of God. Even of our situation. Your broken pieces. Your broken things in your life. The things that are going on. When we come to the Lord. Even today during communion. We can speak the word of God in faith. And believe God. And speak to the situation. By the word and the promises of God. And believe for wholeness. That he was broken. He was chastised. This is afflicted. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed in every situation. Today I want to challenge you to believe God for healing. Don't walk out of this place the same. Don't just go through the motions. Man, you're in God's presence today. We're going to take some time in communion. We're going to worship some more. God's going to be here. I want to hear, I want to see some, believe for something. Don't leave. Be like Jacob. Who, who, when he discovered who he, who he was with, when he, when he was wrestling this man and he realized who he was wrestling, he says, I will not let go of you until you bless me. And the Bible says that he wrestled all night. Wrestled all night. And he was finally blessed. His destiny was changed. His name was changed from Jacob to Israel. And he was spoken into a blessing. I want to challenge you. When you're in God's presence, don't take it lightly. Content with God. Don't let go until he blesses you. Oh my goodness, I'm preaching better than you're confirming it. (laughs) Don't live today. You brought a need here. You brought a concern here. Don't live. Stay at the altar. Let the Lord bless you. Get that confirmation in your heart that yes, I receive a touch. I receive an answer from God. He wants that for us. Then he says, 
In verse 25, in the same manner, he also took the cup. And after supper, he said, this cup is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. I tell you, the blood of Jesus is as powerful as it was 2,000 years ago. The blood of Jesus never lost its power. We sing that song. It's not just a song. It's the truth. He says that those we read earlier, that those who, who are of the truth, they know my voice and it confounds it. The Spirit of the Lord confounds it. And it's amazing when we lose the focus, when we forget about all, um, um, all when we forget about keeping the main things the main things. Oftentimes we could get into these detours that would lead us into parts of hopelessness and fear and, and, and stress that is not worth to take in any sense because we are missing the main thing. We're missing the value. We are not utilizing the value of what the main thing is. I tell you, when Jesus died and shed his blood on that tree, he did something and afforded us something that is so powerful that Satan, every time we mention or sing about that blood, He's nervous because of the power that is in that blood. We don't do this as a ritual, doing communion, for instance, just as a tradition. And you can do it as tradition. But I tell you, I don't want to do it as tradition. I want to believe for what the Lord had promised is contained in this blood, in this cup. I want to bring it to the altar. We all deal with things. We all struggle from here to here. But the blood of Jesus brings healing. It brings salvation. It brings deliverance. It's powerful to bring freedom. It can change. You can get change in one moment in his presence when you approach it in faith. You can be delivered from something you've tried to break for years and years and just a touch because you approach the, the Lord with faith can turn your life around and begin uh, a new future in your life. This week, I got reacquainted with a friend that was that I hadn't talked to for almost 20 years. And that kind of is scary because I never thought I could say I haven't talked to a guy f- for like 20 years because I was like two, you know. So <laughs> Jensen, we were youth serving the Lord in the church in Nairobi. Always faithful. We were in the church early in the morning. Five o'clock, we are out setting up. Uh, we had scaffolding uh, that we were set up because we met in a stadium, a soccer stadium that people would come and, you know, that, we, that was kind of dirty and all that. But we'll, we didn't have a place to meet, but we met there. And so we'll set up every day, every Sunday, and, set, and, and pull down. And, and Johnson was one of those guys where we'll come in and set up for the speakers and stuff. We'll set up a stage. It's all temporary. And people will come to church and they will worship God. Glory, hallelujah. It was just God is so good. He's so good all the time. They'll come in late, 20 minutes late, 15 minutes late. They'll leave five minutes early. And, you know, it's not just in Nebraska. It's, it was happening in Kenya. And, and we were there at five, we'll set it up. And then after the second service comes in and they leave, we'll tear it all down, put it in a truck, and take it back to the church office, which was about seven miles away from where we actually met, and unload it, store it up well, and uh, and, uh, and and then go home. It's around five o'clock. 
four or five before you get home, sometimes because it's a big city in Nairobi is, and so depending on what corner of the city you're in. And most people had no idea that these kids were doing this every single Sunday. They just came to church, and it was all set up. It was beautiful. God, where they will worship God, and, uh, they, and, and they, will, they will be touched by God. It was a joy. We weren't like martyrs about it. But, but, but it was one of those things where now we can look back, and we had this core group that was really neat together that I believe every one of those guys, whenever we reconnect later, like God just did tremendous things because we were serving the Lord. Well, I mean, we were like high schoolers and college, uh, college people that were there early and late every Sunday by Sunday, year in, year out, you know? And, 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 and God, and we were just serving the Lord and we all had our school and jobs and stuff that we did after that. But anyway, this friend of mine, I remember it was just a service like that. We were setting up in the morning, set up everything, um, uh, and um, service went on, and the Holy Spirit during worship just started moving. You know, there are those moments where you start worshiping, it's like, yep, I, I, I know the Lord's here. And Jensen was standing next to me. Jensen was probably legally blind. He had glasses that were so thick. If you try to put his glasses on, you'll pass out. And um, he could not see a thing without his glasses. And he was in college. I think he was a freshman that year. No? Uh, it, I forget where he was in college. But I remember just standing here. And we're worshiping. Songs going on. And he starts just getting really happy. And you can tell that God's doing something. And he goes, just says, you know, I am healed. And I didn't know what he was talking about. And he went forward. He took his glasses off. The Lord touched him that day, and he was completely healed. He has never put his glasses on since. It's about 20 years ago. Not for driving, not for reading, not for nothing. And he was just sitting right next to me. We were worshiping together on a regular Sunday morning. And the Lord just touched him, and his healing came. I know there was a guy here, even a couple years ago, when we were going through a prayer meeting. Uh, and finishing up a prayer meeting. And I remember I'd asked people to come if they wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this guy came in and, uh, and, he, and he said, pray for me because I really want the Holy Spirit in my life. And I prayed for him to get the Holy Spirit in his life. And he spoke in tongues and he received the Holy Spirit. Went back in his seat and came back crying. And said, you know, I, it was a set up to have a surgery on his shoulder that he had hurt and he was working construction. So he couldn't work for about a month. He says, when I came for the prayer for the Holy Spirit, the Lord not only filled me with the Spirit, He touched me. It's the first time in over a month where I haven't felt any pain. I went in to raise my hand to, to worship and I realized I've, I've been healed. You know, that power of Christ is still at work today as it was 2,000 years ago. When we approach the Lord with faith in our lives and realize that there is power in the blood of Jesus and that the power, when combined, the word of God combined with our faith can do wonders in your life. That's what I'm telling you. Don't leave today. Don't take communion. We'll take communion today and we will pray for it. We're going to believe for miracles. You believe for your own miracle. Let God meet you at the point of your faith today and say, God, I'm not leaving your house until I see a blessing in my life, until I see something happening in my life. I'm, I want to be touched by you, Lord. I believe God honors faith. In fact, this is very scriptural. You'll see that God honors faith. One thing that he commands is faith. He says, no one can approach God 
to please God without faith, it says. It's impossible to please God. People that were highly commended in the Bible, it all because of their faith. Not because of their background, not because of their knowledge, not because of what they've done. It's because they had faith. God commands faith. And I want to challenge us today to pray in faith, to approach even communion with faith. That he, the brokenness, as he promised, that he was broken for us. The blood represents his power in us. His blood is a blood, it's a, it's a, his blood is a blood of victory. You know, the Bible talks about blood a lot. From, from the first chapter, from the, the first chapter, from the first book, every book. And why does it make a big deal about blood? Because that's where life is. You take the blood out of your body, it sucks the life out of you. And you're out. Because there's life in the blood. But in Christ, what he's saying, he's sharing with us his life with his blood. He said, in the like manner, he took the cup and he says, take and drink. This is the cup of the new covenant. What God is doing is like to say, I'm introducing you. I'm, I'm welcoming you at the table so that the life that you, I have may also be in you. That's why the Bible says that if that same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of us, that that spirit will quicken us, will quicken us and even bring health to our mortal bodies. By his wounds, by his stripes, we are healed. Revelation 12, 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, that they did not love their lives even unto death. Uh, uh, that, that verse always amazes me. It's how much it elevates uh, our testimony in conjunction with the, with the blood of Jesus. It says, when we have those two things working together, watch out, devil. In fact, devil, when he sees that, he runs. He knows we figure something out. When we take the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony that we have, Satan can never defeat you. So he would do anything he wants to keep us distracted and not know that that life that Jesus had, he says through his blood he's given us his life. His life is in you. That's always says that when we come to him, what does it, what does it say? He gives us abundant life. It's abundant because he shared his life with us. And we have it. Isn't it interesting, though, that through that whole scenario, that God used the brokenness of Jesus, his death, his beatings, the disgust that he had to go through, shame, all those pieces that he bore upon himself, where Satan thought that this thing is done, I finally finished him because he breathed his last. And God took all those broken pieces. And he says, ha, 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 ha. Guess who has the last laugh? Because he used the brokenness to bring life to humanity, to bring salvation, to bring redemption, to bring healing, to bring deliverance, to bring hope to the hopeless, to bring life to the world, bring life to those that are dead, to break it, Prison doors. God still had the last piece of the puzzle. And God still has the last piece of your puzzle. He will use in the same way the brokenness in your life, the ugly, the disappointment, the, the, the things that, um, the shame. And God will, uh, when he's done with it, be like these things. I'm sure 
this is how most puzzles in my house look like. Because somehow, some way, I don't know why we use the boxes as roller skates and different things like that. But the boxes never make it a long time. So, But you know, when you go in, we like puzzles. Um, um, <clears throat> one of Christmas tradition, that thing right there was cracked open, a thousand piece. Cracked open the day before Thanksgiving. I'll tell you, we started Christmas early. And I can guarantee you, if you look cleanly, you'll find pieces under the table. Oh, could you see them? Yeah. I couldn't capture them. But if you are look, looking at the box itself, it's a beautiful box. It looks awesome. It's like, yeah, I want to put that together. Right? But when you start... It looks like this. And you can think, and some of them look exactly the same. How in the world would I get this thing started? And our life looks like that many times. Because God says, I see beautiful. You see mess. God says, no, I see something beautiful. I see a completed work of art. It looks like this. Some pieces are under the table. You don't know the beginning from there. It's sort of harder to start. But when God looks at us, he doesn't see this. He sees a complete picture. And he takes all those broken pieces. All those broken pieces. When we stay faithful in him, he mends them. And when he's done with the puzzle, it's beautiful, it's glorious, and it was worth it. He takes the broken pieces and he makes us I'm going to invite you to join me in prayer right now. Would you stand? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, just begin to open your mouth right where you are. To just thank the Lord. Start giving them to giving to the Lord those broken pieces. It's too quiet in this church. Talk to the Lord. He's okay. He knows how you sound. He wouldn't be scared at all. Just begin to praise him. If you don't know what to say, just begin to praise him. Say words of, begin to thank him. If you don't know what to say, begin to thank him. Begin to praise him. Begin to worship him with your voice, church. Oh, I hear people praising, but I hear some people not. And I'm going to wait until we start. We all praise. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord.